Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I am bringing you today's word for September 29th, 2020. I'm teaching a series entitled Greater is Coming. I'm glad you tuned in. Maybe this is the first time you've tuned in. Greater is coming for you. Now you can say, well, Rick, you don't even know me. How can you say that with confidence? Well, I know God. I know the God who knows you. I know the God who made you. I know the God who knows your thoughts before you think them your actions before you take them, your words before you speak them. I know the God that deposited purpose down on the inside of you. I know the God that gives you dreams while you're sleeping and visions while you're awake. And that same God, my God, your God, he made plans for you before the world began and greater is coming for you. So this is part 35 of the series. The title of today's message is God's Empowering grace. I love to talk about the grace of God. I'm talking about how God's grace, once God's grace is on you, you are empowered to do what you could not do without God. You are empowered to do things that you never saw yourself doing before. You are empowered to go beyond your wildest dreams. We serve a God who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think or even imagine. How? According to the power which he has deposited on the inside of us, that's the power of the Holy Spirit, and that's the power of his grace. So we've been studying the life of David. This uh, Today we come to 1 Samuel chapter 18, and I'm going to read for you verses 28 to 30, and then we'll get into the word. You ready? All right, this is what the Bible says. When Saul realized that the Lord was with David... <laughs> I love it. I love it. Listen, let me just stop. Some of this stuff, I, I'm sorry. I just can't even read for some. Listen, God is going to make sure that people notice that God is with you. I mean, you when you are walking with the grace of God and God is opening doors for you that no man can close and closing doors for you that no man can open, even people that don't like you have to realize that God is on you. And so the Bible says that when Saul realized that the Lord was with David and how much his daughter, Michael, loved David, the Bible says Saul became even more afraid of him. This guy was a king and he was afraid of a kid. Why? Because God was on the kid. He became even more afraid of him. And then the Bible says, and he remained David's enemy for the rest of his life. Listen, you're going you're gonna to have to deal with people. There are going to be some people that don't like you. He remained David's enemy for the rest of his life. Then the Bible says, every time the commanders of the Philistines attacked, David was more successful against them than all of the rest of Saul's officers. And then the last part of this text says, so David's name became very famous. So David's name became very famous. We serve a God who will make your name great, and I'm a witness. All right, so here we go. Let's get into it. After David, I love the story of David, but after he had gone through whatever he had gone through in the months leading up to or the, the months after the triumphant victory that he had over the giant. Remember when he killed Goliath? Um, 
he got married. He had a, a wedding, and I'm sure the wedding was amazing. He got married to the king's daughter. Now, it wasn't the first princess that was offered to him, because remember what happened, I told you that yesterday, but it was the first one that he loved. He fell in love with Michael, and Michael fell in love with him, and they got married. Now, watch this. Let's think about David at this point, anyway, in the story. David and Michael were happily married. They were madly in love with each other. David's brother-in-law, Jonathan, was the best friend in the world, was his best friend in the world. David's men were willing to follow him to the ends of the earth, and the public couldn't get enough about David. Uh, like, they loved David. Everything that David did, they loved it, and they cried out, and he was famous. So if this happened today, you know the whole thing that's going on uh, with the prince <laughs> and the princess that moved from England over to Los Angeles. David and Michael, if this happened today, they would be followed by paparazzi. You know, their faces would be plastered all over all the magazines. Um, and they would have this like special one-on-one -on -one session with Oprah. <laughs> and, the, and the promotion would be like, tonight, an unknown eighth son from Bethlehem has taken Israel by storm. He sits down with Oprah tonight at 8 p.m. I mean, like, I mean, it would be that crazy. I mean, when you think about it at this point, that's how blessed David was. From the outside looking in, everything was amazing, but on the inside of the palace gates, something else was going on. Saul's resentment towards David was, was growing stronger and stronger every day to the point where the text says, that he remained David's enemy for the rest of his life. Another translation says, Saul feared David and his fear increased into hate. Saul hated David. I'm saying now, outside looking in, David is blessed. He got it going on. Oh my God, he's married to the king's daughter. He's hanging out with the king's son. Uh, everything that he touches is successful. But within those walls, Saul hated David and Saul really wanted David killed. So, so yeah, David was experiencing supernatural victory after supernatural victory, but the man that was supposed to have the most power in the earth at the time, the king hated him. Now, the flip side of that is that although this man was supposed to have the most power, he still couldn't do nothing to him. He, they can hate you all they want, but they can't touch you. Oh my God. He hate the man that supposedly had the power, your boss that supposedly has the power. Maybe they don't like you. I don't know why. Maybe they're insecure. But at the end of the day, they can't, they can't touch. No devil can curse what God has blessed. Say amen to that. Not only that, throughout the whole thing, the Bible says that David's name became very famous. Now, how did this happen? How did a, a nobody from nowhere become so famous that he was outshining the king? How did a kid from a lowly family come into the palace and win over the king's kids? How did a teenager who had never served a day in the army become the commanding general and he was on the cover of Israel's Time magazine that year? You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's that kind of crazy. I mean, it's that kind of success. How did that happen? Here's the answer. Grace. It's the grace of God. David, yeah, you could say David has something to do with it, but it wasn't David. It was God. It was the hand of God on David. He was experiencing overwhelming, immeasurable, undeserved grace. And this same grace is available to you. So what does this mean for you 
today. You're like, oh man, this story is good and everything. All right, well, Rick, though, I got a lot of stuff. Okay, I got you. I know you got things to do today. And before you go into these things, I have four things to share with you. As I share these things, this is where I want you to rid yourself of every distraction. Lock in. Four things. Number one, here we go. You will never open your heart to the fullness of God's grace if you don't ever dream God-sized dreams. Let me say that again. God's grace is available to you like it was to David, but you won't ever like see a need for it. You won't ever open up your heart to the fullness of it if you don't dream on God's level. You got to be able to dream God-sized dreams. See, unless you dream on God's level, you're never really going to see a, a need for his involvement in your life. This series is about faith and patience. This series is about you having the faith to believe and the patience to endure, right? But you don't need faith and patience to be mediocre. Let me, let me make that clear. If you want to be average, look at me. If you want to be average, if you want to be mediocre, if you're just okay with where you are, you probably shouldn't tune into this every day. You probably shouldn't be listening to me. Because if you listen to me, you're, you're going to want more. You're going you're gonna to want to get out of you everything that God deposited on the inside of you while you're in the land of the living. If you listen to me, you will never be satisfied until you become what God deposited down on the inside of your heart. You will have this divinely implanted sense of purpose working through the ages, which nothing under the sun but God alone can satisfy. If you listen to me, I'm saying you can't be settled. You can't be okay with mediocre or average. You got to get up every... I'm talking to people that want to get up every morning saying, God, I'm ready. Yeah, you know, people that are determined to find, follow, and, and finish their divine assignment and get it done before they die. It's that simple. I'm talking to people that are, are undeterred by setbacks and challenges and issues, problems, obstacles, and complications. I'm not talking to, to people that at the first sign of a challenge, they give up. If that's you, go listen to somebody else. I'm talking to people, you, you don't need to hear me if that's you. I'm talking to people that challenges is going to come. Yeah, yeah, opposition is going to come. It may get worse before it gets better, but, but you get up every morning and you say, God, I have your grace on my life and I know it's not going to be easy and I'm going to keep going and I'm going to press through it because your grace is on me and in me and with me and for me. Listen, these are people that I'm speak to, speaking to. I'm talking to people that know that there's a that there's a devil just like there's a God. And, and I'm talking to people that know that Satan gets a vote. Satan is not just going to sit back and just watch as you become the man or the woman that God called you to be. Heck no. He's going to try to do everything that he can to get you upset and frustrated and disillusioned. He's trying to get you to quit. Because the only way you can lose is if you quit. Satan knows he can't stop God and he can't stop God's operation in your life. But what Satan knows is that if he can get you to quit, he didn't stop you. You stopped you. And so I'm talking to people that are saying, no, I'm not going to quit. That, that get up every morning and, and, and dust themselves off and, and say yesterday ended last night. Whether yesterday was good or whether yesterday was bad, it don't matter. Yesterday's over. This is a brand new day. I'm ready for this day. This is how David lived. This is how David was get able to get over Saul's attacks. And this is how we're supposed to live as well. Look at me. Let me be clear. Life is not a cakewalk. God never promised you a perpetual picnic. God never said it was going to be easy, but he has given you his grace. And with God's empowering grace, there's nothing you can't do. So don't complain about challenges. Don't complain about supposed delays. Remind yourself, listen, God is still God. 
COVID-19 hasn't changed anything. The economy hasn't changed anything. Everything God spoke over my life is still going to come to pass. Everything God put in my heart and I put on my vision board. Go look at your vision board and speak to it. All those things are still going to come to pass. God's grace is still on your life. God's promises are still true. If you're still breathing, God is still working. Greater is coming for you. You got it? All right. Number two. My God, I felt that one. All right. Number two. When you tap into your purpose, you also tap into a well of God's immeasurable grace. See, by the time David got to the palace, he was doing what he was born to do. Now, he didn't know it, but God had been preparing him all his life for that moment. And once he got to that moment, and once he started walking in his divine assignment, the grace of God was flowing, and he was experiencing supernatural success, and that's how it's going to be with you. When you start living as the person that God called you to be, right? When, when you start living as that version of yourself, the version that God wants you to live as, where you're not trying to make things happen, you are submitted unto God, you make a human alignment with your divine assignment, then the grace of God will empower you to accomplish what he planned for you to do from the foundations of the world, and your life will be amazing. At that point, when you realize kind of what Jesus said in John 14 and 10, you get up every morning and you realize, even when you're going into a business meeting or you're going into an opportunity, you're about to jump on a Zoom call and you feel unqualified and you feel unprepared and you're like, oh my God, what? And then no, then the Holy Spirit reminds you, stop. Remember John 14 and 10. It's the Father who lives in me. He gives me the words. He performs the work. God is on me. Come on, man. God is on my side. And if God is with me, he's more than the whole wide world against me. And so when you live like that, it's like, it's like God gave you Holy Ghost contacts or something. And when you put on these Holy Ghost contacts, you get to see life through God's perspective. And when you're looking at life through God's lens, you don't see failure. Opposition may come, but you know that victory is on the other side of it. You, you, are, you, you don't just see victory as your destination. You see victory as your starting point. You say, I already have the victory and I'm going from victory to victory by faith. Say amen to that. Number three, hallelujah. Number three, prosperity will not come without opposition. Now, when I say prosperity, for whatever reason, people, a lot of times in their mind, just go straight to money. Now, money that for you to connect prosperity to money, that's not incorrect, but is way incomplete. I mean, prosperity is not limited to stuff, to resources. Prosperity, divine prosperity is about supernatural success. It's about making a mark in this world that will not easily be erased. It's about being the man, the woman that God has called you to be. And watch this, the fact that God has called you to divine success does not exonerate you from challenges. It does not exonerate you from opposition. Make no mistake. If you want, look at me, let me say this to you very clearly. If you want to be great, you will be challenged by the enemy and tested by God. Let me say that again. If you want to be great, you're going to be challenged by Satan and tested by God. But at the end of the day, God's grace is on you to keep going, to overcome every attack. Satan has no power over God. Therefore, Satan has no power over you. Come what may, if you remain submitted unto God, if you continue to rely on God's grace, no attack from the enemy will be able to stop you. Now, to be honest, he may hurt you from time to time. <laughs> I, I, I'm saying not every day is going to be easy. He, he may get you. I mean, like life, you may experience pain and you have to have the resiliency and the grace 
to overcome the pain and press through to get to your purpose. Say amen to that. All right, number four, and finally, last point. God's grace cannot be stopped. He, I mean, is he's God. Nobody can stop God. No matter how much opposition comes, if God is for you, he is more than the entire world against you. God's grace is unstoppable. King Saul was supposedly the man with the most power in Israel, and he could do nothing to a teenager who had the grace of God on his life. See, when you are operating in and under God's grace, the enemy cannot stop what God has started. And that's what it boils down to. The enemy can't stop what God has started in your life because stopping you would mean stopping God and God cannot be stopped. Greater is coming for you. Let me close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and say this like out loud. Say, say, Father, I declare by faith that I find, follow, and finish your purpose before I die. As I pursue your purpose, I tap into your immeasurable grace. Your grace flows freely to me because I'm doing what I'm destined to do. And since I'm fulfilling my purpose, you are pleased with me. You bless me richly. Now, I know I will face opposition on the road to my destiny. I know it's not going to be easy. I know I will have to overcome challenge after challenge and obstacle after obstacle. But I also know that your grace is unstoppable. The enemy cannot stop what you have started in my life. I look unto you, Father, as not just the author, but you are also the finisher of my faith. You will always finish what you started. And what you have started in me is unstoppable. Greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. This is today's word. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, go to todaysword.org, click on the subscribe button and put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. So listen, thank you for allowing me to speak into your life. If you keep opening your heart to God's grace, yes, challenges are going to come, but you won't be stopped. You, you will not be moved. You won't even be phased. You won't be bothered. <laughs> you will keep going by the grace of God because God's grace is unstoppable. Do me a favor. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message has been a blessing to you and then share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline with your friends. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, hit the little bell for so you'll be notified when I go live. But listen, I love you and God loves you more. Head into this day knowing that God's grace is on you and God's grace is unstoppable. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you.